Hello and welcome. My name is Andrew East and you are listening to Redirected. This is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody that has had a significant life change or pivot. I call them redirections. I wanted to learn about this because this is something that I've been through several times in my life. And I feel like each of us at some point goes through an unexpected event. And I wanted to learn how different people went through these situations. So I love getting different perspectives and I love hearing different people's stories. And that's what we're here to do today. And we have a special one with us today. It's a good friend of mine, Jenna Scare. We met several years ago on the beaches of Santa Monica. And she was at an interesting point in her life where she was trying to decide what she was going to do after she completed her schooling. And it's been fun to see how she's grown and evolved since then. She now has multiple online programs that I would highly recommend checking out. The one that I love is the mobility method, but she has several more on top of that. And Jen has a bubbly personality. She is very intelligent and informative. And you're going to love this one with a Jenna scare. If you want to find out more or follow her on social media, you can find her links in the description. But let's jump right into this one with Jenna scare. Doc, Jen, how are you doing? I am great. How are you? It's always good to see your face. We've known each other for, I was trying to think, four years, five years at least? Probably around four years now. Do you remember the first time we met in person? At dinner? Wait. Well, oh, on shit. the green. I was about to say, yes. Yeah, yeah, met, yeah. We met uh, on the green in Santa Monica and yep. you were doing some insane acro yoga as I remember it. Insane. You got like so many talents. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you. I was just playing, you know. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I know you were just playing and it was still <laughs> insane. So do you still go down there? Not as often. If I know like the specific people that are going to be there, I'll go because honestly, I have been dropped a couple times. So I'm not trying to just like get thrown around from anyone anymore. <laughs> Wait, what? Somebody dropped you? <laughs> yeah, twice. I've been dropped on my head from two different people. What happens, like, how does the interaction go after? Like, are they like, oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, luckily they say sorry and they feel bad. (laughs) I mean, nothing like dramatic has happened. I feel like the fear of it bothers me more than anything physical. Like, I'm fine. It's just like, it scares me and I get in my head and then I'm like, "Eh, maybe not. Yeah, I think that's okay that it scares you. I don't know. One of Sean and I's first YouTube videos we ever did was acro yoga. And it was, I think we took a majority of the poses we had seen you doing yeah. and tried to replicate them. And obviously it was just absolute joke, you know, <laughs> what you were doing. But, but we had fun and that's important. That's all that matters. And I saw you in Nashville not too long ago, which was an absolute treat. It was a random thing, but there you are. I, so I think we were watching The Bachelor, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then I had to continue to watch the rest of that season. I am like the only woman who doesn't really watch The Bachelor. Wow. And then you guys got me hooked that first, because <laughs> it was like episode one of that season. So I was like, oh, dang it. Now I want to see how it finishes out. It is. I, as awful as it can be, it's so interesting to me, like psychologically what happens on that show. So that's, yeah. that's what keeps me interested in it. I'm glad we got you hooked. I know. I'm glad we had some positive influence on you. <laughs> but hey, I always like to start off talking about where people grew up, just kind of set the stage. So if you could just start there, just the generals, that'd be great. Yeah. I grew up in Southern California. I like to say it was like the Midwest of LA <laughs> <laughs> okay. with, with beautiful weather okay. because 
you know, it's like very small town values, you know, suburban, all of that. And I'm very fortunate for where I grew up, how I grew up. My parents are amazing. Family is super awesome. I grew up like really close and connected with my family. My cousins were my best friends. We went on huge family vacations with aunts and uncles and everyone. So it was pretty cool. And then I was a gymnast for nine years of my life. (laughs) So the town you grew up, the little small Midwestern town is called In Southern California. Beverly Hills. I'm kidding. Super down to earth and grounded. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> no, it's the Inland Empire, the IE for anyone out there who knows. Okay. Not to be confused with the OC. Uh, yeah. but, um, no, this, I actually have to agree with you. You definitely give off Midwest vibes in like the best way possible. Oh, thank you. You're not, thank your, you. You're not your average SoCal girl. So hats off. <laughs> overcoming that stereotype (laughs) so you did gymnastics is that what sparked this whole function and mobility craze yeah we were actually forced to be in a sport all growing up from like grade school and through high school and i tried all the sports until (laughs) gymnastics was really the one that resonated with me the most but i didn't continue in college and once i was coaching it and kind of exploring it a little bit more on the outside perspective of what that looked like to coach it and then i started teaching pilates as well and really getting into that it was more of like well why am i taping an ankle and how could i be helping more and why am I modifying movement around someone doing Pilates and how could I be actually helping what pain or injury they're having? So it was like this continued exploration of what is happening in the body and really loving to observe that and explore that. That's why I got into acro yoga and calisthenics and all these other things. It's because I just love to explore what would happen with the body. And I thought that was such a cool thing. So studied kinesiology, which is the study of human movement. (laughs) That made sense to me. (laughs) And then, you know, I naturally just started gravitating toward physical therapy. And then Instagram really likes all my mobility stuff. So... Yeah, how can you not? You honestly, I talk about this all the time. You crush Instagram. You have my favorite account. If you guys don't follow her, go do it now. Doc Jen Fit. Like literally every video you make is not only fun, but it's super informative too. And your layout, I think is just genius. So I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know any other account that, that tops it. So did you have mentors walking you through this or was it you just stumbling through it by yourself? Well, in terms of like going into physical therapy and stuff, like, yeah, I was an aide at somewhere for like three years at a physical therapy office, but I knew I didn't want to work there. And I just kind of knew like, I love studying the body. So going into physical therapy and stuff, just my own thing stumbling into because believe it or not, nine years as a gymnast never went to a physical therapist, probably should have a few times, (laughs) but it was kind of just like, ah, do conditioning, wait it off, tape it up. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And so I never actually went to, but I feel like it's more valued now, especially in like younger sports and everything, but it really wasn't that much back then. And so going into that was just kind of like what I love doing. And then Instagram and that growing while I was in grad school, actually, that kind of just started naturally. I 
met people who were big in calisthenics down in Venice. And one of the accounts, he would post all the other calisthenic people. And so me being one of the girls who was very new into it, one of the women, he would post me. And naturally, I just started getting followers. So at first, it was all fitness-based. And then once I graduated and I wanted people to understand that, hey, I have more knowledge than just what I can do with my body. And I actually graduated with my doctorate degree. I wanted people to know I had a little bit more to me than just what I could do. And so that's when I sought mentors in terms of what I could be posting, how I could be educating, and what I could be doing with social media. Well, that's huge. That's so insightful on your end to seek after mentors at that phase. Because I I was just about to ask, like, was there ever any point where you thought you were just going to do like fitness influencing? Because that was kind of right when it was taken off Mm -hmm. at that point. But for you to say, take the broader perspective, the more entrepreneurial perspective and say, how can I actually match what I love to do with this audience that I have? I think it's like really insightful on your end. Well, I didn't even do it, honestly, out of a place of I'm going to create programs or make money off of that. It was just me wanting to not be stuck in the fitness phase of things because I felt like my life was moving past that. Like I'm a physical therapist now. I have more knowledge. I want people to know that and get to know me on that level. How can I provide value in that sense when I've been built like at that time I had a little over or maybe just like at 100,000 followers. So I really wanted to just post into fitness at the time. And a lot of people only knew me because of that. Or I was called like Jen the Yogi because I was upside down so much. (laughs) And so it was like a weird transition to be like, well, I'm going to go into education. And I didn't know what that would turn into. Had zero idea I would monetize off of it. Had zero idea I would create programs off of it. And honestly, I always said like business over my head. So I had no idea that creating value was actually going to create a business for me down the road. Wow. Well, I feel like creating value always leads to good things, whether that's like (laughs) cash or just people kind of migrate towards you. Yeah. But it's funny to think when we did first meet in Santa Monica, you were torn. Do you remember this? You were torn between the decision of which physical therapy spot you were going to work at. Yes. And I don't know if, did you work at a physical therapy place Mm -hmm. under somebody else that you did? I did. So at the time, I think it was like when I was gone into, graduated, knew I wanted to be down by the beach because that's where I was building this awesome community of movers. Mm -hmm. And so I took a job in Santa Monica at a physical therapy clinic down there. But at the time, like even graduating and still into that phase, I was deciding on whether I was going to go work and be like a clinic owner and director Mm -hmm. for this other company called Myo Detox. And it was like announced. They would put out videos and we all had meetings together. Like I was their LA person. I was going to be the clinic owner. I was going to be the clinic director. And it was already put out there. But because they were a Canadian company coming down to the US, it was taking a while to actually get the clinic set up. And it was taking just like so much longer. So eventually I was like, you know what, guys, I got to quit my job. I don't want to be working at this clinic anymore. And you're taking too long. So I'm going to start to do my own thing. And so I still had the intention of once they come down, I'm with them 100%. Uh, And so I eventually did quit my job. I worked at the clinic for almost a year and a half, like really only a few months over a year. And then I quit and I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it on my own. (laughs) And it just happened to work out. A gym wanted to take me in. And so I started building my own clientele just out of a gym. 
and working for myself that way. And it was so awesome because I also had hesitation on taking my table and just going into strangers' houses because as a woman, I didn't know how comfortable I would be with that. So it was so great to be able to be like, oh, I can actually go to a gym and everyone can come to me. And that started to build up. And then Mild Detox was still <laughs> taking a little while to come down. And eventually it was like, I just wanted to create more on my own. And it was this whole Instagram thing is building. I can do this thing on my own and work on clients on my own. But at the same time, as I'm building an audience, I feel like people are also not really seeing it. It's almost like I only build when new people see these videos. And so like the old people, they don't see it as much. Algorithms are changing. Things are happening. And so who is actually getting value out of a one-minute video? And are people even putting it into their lives and actually doing it? You know, it's one thing to see like, oh, that might help my shoulder pain. It's another thing to actually be able to implement it and know that that exercise is right for you. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to launch an online program. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to do that. Like, yeah, social media is not online marketing. So I had no idea how to transition the two, but I just knew this is what I want to do. I feel like I can provide a lot of value and that's what's going to happen. And so once I started leaning into that, I actually had to call my detox and say, you know, love you guys. I'm here to support you. But as I'm making this transition and learning online marketing, I'm realizing I have zero time to even treat patients as much as I want to, let alone be a clinic owner and director. And so I had to have the conversation with them that as I'm making this transition into seeing what I can do online and if I can help people and impact people there, I have to pull myself away from this agreement with Myo Detox. And they were so supportive and wow. so amazing. And we're actually still kind of partnered together and still do things and work together. So I still love them. We're just working on a different level now. <laughs> Isn't it crazy to think that had they been able to move quicker down from Canada, that everything might've been different from that point on, right? Totally, totally. Gosh. It's so crazy because then I might have just been focused on Instagram, never created an online program, never seen how I could impact people from over the world and see how they're using the program to get into their own bodies and change their own pain and alignment and all these other things. So it's just like such a cool thing. And I'm so proud of myself for leaning in and doing it. I was just talking with someone the other day about how like sometimes it's so easy to get frustrated. Like at that point, like I'm sure there were feelings of frustrations of like, why are they taking so long? This is my job. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure there are frustrations. And like with me and my football career, it's just, oh my gosh, like, why does this keep happening to me? Why, why can't I take that next step? Whatever it is. But then if you take kind of the long perspective, if you zoom out a little bit and you think, hey, you know what, maybe there's something positive that's going to result from this. I think if you take initiative like you did, mm -hmm. and if you don't let those obstacles, if that's what you call them, prevent you from making any type of progress, I think ultimately something really, really good can come of that. So totally. you mentioned doing online programs and your first launch was a mobility method. Can you talk us through that? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I launched it without really knowing what I was doing. <laughs> I just really wanted to put something out there. I knew my audience was eager for something more. And I asked my audience, I said, I kind of knew that 
first of all, it would be mobility because it's a foundational route that I can go back to that I know I feel authentic and being able to deliver as well, where it's like everyone at some point in their lives, we lose some type of mobility. It's like you go from being five months old, being able to put your toes in your mouth before you crawl and before you walk and before you build strength to all of a sudden we go backwards after that because we then sit in desks and chairs and work and all this other stuff that takes us out of that baseline mobility. And then we try to build on strength and we try to look a certain way or do these certain workouts. And so I knew that being able to take people into foundation that we all have some kind of limitation or lack in would feel really authentic to me. And then I knew that people liked that more. When I was posting videos, the things that did the best were mobility videos. Although I knew this, I asked my audience still, like, if I were to give you something, what would you want from me? And everyone said mobility. And it was amazing to also confirm that. And then I reached out to support from a friend. I know she had launched challenges into her program. And so I wanted to see how she kind of did that. And although we were friends, we weren't super close. And she's already way ahead in her business than I am. So I had a lot of hesitation as well as being able to say, can I reach out to this person and would they help me? And I was just, F it, let me see. (laughs) And so I reached out and she sat down with me for almost four hours just going over what she does, what I can do, how I can make it happen. And it was like the most impactful thing that really helped to take me off. And I'm so incredibly appreciative of that. And that's why I tell people all the time to just ask. Like you never know what people will be able to provide unless you just ask. The answer is always no, right? And we know this and we talk about this, but sometimes we're still hesitant about really asking for that support. And then from there, I read this book, Launch, (laughs) from Jeff Walker, Mm which also I followed to a T and was just making sure, okay, this is what he says to do. This is how he says to do it. This is what I'm going to do. So I followed Lori Harders, who I sat down with, and Jeff Walker from Launch, and just put this thing out there. And people got so much value just from the free challenge, which meant a lot to me. And I also, (laughs) I asked for more support from my friends around me. So I asked people who were, I know my friends, I just like wrote out a list and I said, let me just see if people would support in a free challenge. And I made up this like little story ad and provided that photo and a link. And I said, hey, would you mind posting this in a story? If not, no worries, like no pressure. I won't be upset. It's just for a free challenge. I wasn't asking anyone to promote my program or anything, but I also knew I didn't know how to do Facebook ads. I wasn't going to hire someone to do Facebook ads because I didn't have a whole bunch of overhead. And I wanted to put this out there without having to focus on another thing. So I was just like, let me just ask my friends. And that was kind of like my ads. (laughs) And it was amazing because I got support from Myo Detox. I got support from Vinny, from Jacob, from Move You, from all these people who are doing what I'm doing in the movement space and education space online. And yet they were willing to support me, which was just incredible. And I was so thankful. And then from there, I built up a really good email list just on that first challenge and then launched into my program and had zero expectation. Like I had really low expectations of who would actually buy the thing. (laughs) I think just because I continue to show up and I wasn't selling it. I was just talking into it of why I created it and why I felt like it would be so, so important in people's lives and in people's bodies and why it's really like something that I wanted to create from my heart that it took off. 
And I blew friends out of the water who had launched many times and had never done a launch that big. And again, it wasn't about the results for me. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about any of that. It was just, it blew me away that people found value in what I was providing. And it meant so much to me to be able to do that. And that was just such a pivotal moment as well to be able to see and confirm like, yep, I'm going in the right way. I want to stop for a second and give a shout out to Himalaya. Himalaya is my favorite app to listen to podcasts on. And not only do they have a truly beautiful interface, they also have great search and discover features to help you find new shows. And then they also have some really creative and unique ways for you to help support creators and interact with those creators. So thank you, Himalaya. Be sure to check them out and follow me if you get the chance. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial, and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com east or text EAST to 500-500. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash E-A-S-T. Audible.com slash east. One of the books that I've listened to recently on Audible that has positively impacted my life is a book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. He is a Nobel Prize winner, and listening to the book has helped me understand how the brain works just a little bit better. So if you're looking for a book to listen to on Audible, that might be a good one. It's called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. This episode is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. As we discussed before, Sean and I are in the process of hiring and we are finding out how difficult that process can be. It's super time consuming. You can go through dozens, if not hundreds of applications. And we've recently found ZipRecruiter and thank goodness because it has made the process so much easier. If you want to find out more about ZipRecruiter, you can visit ZipRecruiter.com forward slash east. The way it works is ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com forward slash East. That's ZipRecruiter.com forward slash E-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter really is the smartest way to hire. Yeah. I just finished reading Don Miller's story brand. And obviously the whole thing is about being able to convey your message in a story and not getting into the weeds of like why your stretching techniques are better than anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Just like you speaking about why you're passionate about this is so powerful. And it seems like 
some of that came naturally, yes, but also you did so much research. Did you do most of this yourself? Like, obviously, you spoke about all these crucial collabs that you sought after, but you were building the funnel and reading these books and doing all that yourself. Oh my God, I was up till like 4 a.m. Oh <laughs> trying to figure this out every single day. Jeez. I like killed myself that week of the challenge. I was up until like 3 a.m. The week of the launch, I was up till like 3, 4 a.m. I was just like had no sleep and was just like on a ride of like, let's see if I can do this. Let's see how I can help people. Let's see what happens. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. <laughs> I am curious, what do you attribute the fact that these people that could be seen as competitors were open to promoting your new program. Like, A, you mentioned like you had the courage to ask and you didn't let that prevent you. But is there anything else that you feel like was a factor into that? Totally. We had a friendship before. Like, (laughs) we, and and it wasn't anything that was meant to like, oh, later on down the road, I know that I'm going to ask this favor. It was just like, we legitimately like, hey, I like what you're up to. I like, maybe we can collab sometime with all of them. We had done videos together. We had done Instagram things together. We had hung out outside of social media and business and anything else. And we'd cultivated a real friendship and a real relationship. And that's why also like, I know legitimately if someone had said no, and a couple people did like, no hard feelings. I'm still here for you. How can I support you? How can I help you? And this has nothing to do with any of that because it wasn't meant to be like, I'm only cultivating this friendship so I know what I can get from you later or I know that I need to be associated with you. had nothing to do with that. And I think people can feel that from me as well. And they were open to supporting and I'm so grateful. Yeah, it is easy even still to this day to try to like hoard everything and think that that's gonna like get you to your goals in some Mm -hmm. sense. Like that, that's kind of the default, I feel like, human stance. Yeah. But so much more fun. I think you could attest to this. It's so much more fun, so much more productive, and you can absolutely crush it as you did when you include other people. And you'll learn so much. You'll benefit so much more. And there's like so many good things that come out of just asking and being open to including other people. So totally. Yeah. And you know, like not everyone is going to resonate with me and they're going to resonate with other people better. I always say like too, even if a patient in person, if I know like we might not be a good fit, but here's this other physical therapist I think might be able to help you. That's the same thing online. Like not everyone's going to buy my program or resonate with what I have to say or how I can give and how I can help. But if they can resonate with one of my friends, great. Then you're still getting help. And it's not my job to help everyone out there. I'm going to do the best I can. And I'm also going to cultivate friendships and relationships with other people so that I can say, okay, I don't work for you. Here's another person. Here's another person. Here's this person. Like I want to also be able to cultivate this community that I know that I can refer out whenever I need to. Gosh, that's such a good perspective to have. I was uh, speaking with one of my teammates, Ryan Kerrigan, who's like this NFL legend. He was talking about how he wanted to start a podcast, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't sure that he would be able to say anything original. And I think it's such an important point that you just brought up of like, hey, you know what? It might be the exact same message that somebody else is giving, but the fact that you're the person giving it is crucial. Like that changes everything, right? Everything. Yeah. And then I'll reemphasize what you said. Like there's another side to it where if somebody says, hey, Andrew, I don't like your show. Like what else can you provide to me? Like, hey, you know what? This guy actually does something similar and might have a message that resonates. Jen, you're, I'll call you Doc, but you're like, <laughs> so, you're so inspirational and wise. You're like, so wise. I do my best. Uh, 
Okay, so let's talk about the mobility method, if you don't mind. Just what is it? Yeah, so mobility method is really just a way for you to be able to assess your own body and see what the heck is going on. Because I always say, too, wherever we're having pain, it's usually not that point of pain that's actually the problem. I mean, so many people, it's like, my back hurts. Give me something for my back. Where it's really like, well, your body works as a whole. So what's being neglected? What's breaking down? that you're not paying attention to or even aware of that could take pressure off your back, that could help your back pain. And usually it's like the points of mobility that we should really have that we're typically lacking in the body is the upper back, the hips, the ankles, and the big toe. And the places that people usually get injured is everything around that, the neck, the shoulders, the low back, the knees, the feet, plantar fasciitis. And it's not the places that we should have more mobility. So we just thought about that and started to open up those areas above or below the pain. Like imagine what we could do for our bodies. You mentioned the big toe as being one point of immobility. The big toe. The big toe. That's a huge one. (laughs) Wow. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I've never heard this. Well, even just think about it. If if we're just walking, just walking, you need to be able to, like, if you're going to actually have your feet in a straight line, if you can't get that full toe, big toe extension that you need, you're going to turn your foot out to the side a little bit so that you can cheat it and not have to extend it all the way. Then if I start to turn my feet out a little bit more, I start to fall a little bit more into pronation. If I fall a little bit more into pronation, my foot, imagine what that could do up to my knee, to my hip, to my back, to my, like it all plays up the chain. So sometimes it's like your shoulder pain is coming because you have a crappy big toe. (laughs) Jeez, that's nuts. It kind of makes me mad that like one little toe... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's uh, a big toe, though. It's but, a big toe. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Some would say the biggest. Um, <laughs> everything you just mentioned is something that I struggle with, which is which is crazy. And actually, I'm curious to hear your answer to. I feel like people talk about flexibility mm-hmm. all the time. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the important thing. What is the difference between flexibility and mobility? I mean, to be honest, it's like. You look at it and it's really similar, but typically flexibility is more passive. So this is me like holding a strap and stretching or laying on my back and having someone else stretch me. That's all passive flexibility. Mobility really brings in the more active piece. So now it's like, how do I move through my flexibility? How do I actively lift my leg as high as it can go? How do I actively reach my arm over my head? And these are all things that we actually need within our body because you're going to step onto a high step or trip and catch yourself or try to reach overhead and hold something heavy. Those are all part of mobility that we actually need within our body. So that's where it becomes a little bit more active, a little bit more functional. But I still, within my program, I still have a flexibility aspects where you're holding. Because imagine if like, if you haven't been getting into these positions for a long time and you're only going to do the active piece, I do still think that being able to passively relax into a position and get your body to feel okay and safe and breathe into that is the first part of being able to gain back that mobility. So yeah, passive flexibility is still important. I don't think it's one versus another or one is bad. You know, I don't think it's any of that, but it's just being able to say, okay, from this flexibility, from this passive point, 
how can I now create active tension around it so that it can actually take me into my everyday life and be functional when I need to reach overhead or climb a big step or trip and catch myself or whatever that may be. Yeah. That's why it's like, okay, go in and get stretched. There's so many of these stretching labs around. That's fine. But what are you doing to actually be able to create that within yourself without having someone do it for you? We all want someone to do everything for us, (laughs) but it doesn't work that way. (laughs) You don't lose weight that way. No one else can do it for you. I mean, I guess you can have liposuction, so that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) But typically, most people, you can't have someone else lose weight for you. You can't have someone else gain muscle for you. You can't have someone else fix your gut issues. It depends on what you're going to put into your own body. And it's the same with physical therapy. You're not going to just go somewhere and get rubbed out. That's going to feel good for a freaking moment, but nothing anyone does externally will be as powerful as what you do internally. Nothing will actually get you to the point unless you do it yourself. And that's why as a physical therapist, I always say, I don't fix you. I facilitate the pathway for you to fix yourself. Whoa. (laughs) You're crushing it, doc. Um, So a couple of things on that. One, the NFL draft just happened. We have all these new rookies are coming in from college. And actually today, my college strength coach came and visited like our Redskins facility and was just like there to see how we do things. And I was talking with him about the difference between college football, college athletics, and like the pros. And I was like, oh, it's not even comparable. College football and the workouts we do there are so much harder Mm-hmm. And you're lifting so much weight and you're so much stronger than you are in the pros. And when I tell people that they're so shocked, they're like, oh, well, you're talking about NFL football. These guys are bigger, faster, stronger, right? But no, wow. I'm, I'm certain that in college, you're definitely stronger. But the huge difference, and it's so funny to see the rookies come in every year, is the mobility. And I think you say it right, mobility, not flexibility, because they might be able to squat 650 pounds, but if you have them do like an agility drill, they are so stiff and really mobility is right now at this point in my life. And you mentioned like reaching overhead or walking on the stairs. Those are some of the basic movements, but your program, it's as crucial to an elite level athlete, Mm -hmm. myself not included in that group (laughs) as it is to, (laughs) as it is to like whatever basic movement, because mobility like truly is, it's now my top priority. Like it's the main thing I focus on. I'm not worried about how much weight I'm pushing around. It is how functional can I be through my movements because ultimately that's going to help make you stronger. Yep. It's going to help make your longevity is going to be so much longer because you're not tearing up your joints because your shoulders are rolled forward or whatever. So oh, you're going to make me cry. I get <laughs> um, for those of you who haven't heard of the mobility method, I would highly recommend you check that out. Thank you. I do have to come clean though, doc. I have visited some of those stretching labs. And <laughs> that's okay they're not bad i'm not gonna say they're bad it's just, what are you gonna do after you do that <laughs> so true yeah but this is the last thing i'll say about mobility method is i actually just recently ran a marathon and i had so many soft tissue issues if you mm. will soft tissue issues <laughs> and it's so hard it's so valuable to have an expert like yourself to just help you identify what might be causing an issue because I ran this whole marathon and I kept having an agitated like left quad. And I was like, 
I tore my quad or my quads ripped off. And it turns out some experienced runner told me, Hey, you know what? You probably just have like a knot under your IT band that's agitating mm-hmm. or like whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I just rolled it out and I spent every day rolling it out. And it's like to have a veteran in the space, be able to just jumpstart you to execute and take care of the issue that you have. It could save you so much time and so it much. Can. Oh my gosh. So anyway, I'll stop ranting. Um, <laughs> I am curious. So as this beacon of health, Doc, what does health mean to you? Mm. You know, truly, when it comes down to like the basis of it, I think it's loving yourself. Health is loving yourself because unless you care about your body and your health, like health doesn't come unless you love yourself. Like I care about myself enough to listen when a food doesn't feel very well, to take action when I know I need to get more sleep, drink more water, work out, move my body. Like it all comes down to I don't take care and create health unless I love myself Mm. and I care about myself enough to do that. Wow. Great answer. For those people listening who might be discouraged, about, I have this goal that I want to weigh, you know, whatever the amount is, but I'm so far off it and I'm, I'll never get there. What do you have to say to those people? I would say, focus on what you do have right now, not on what you don't have. Because when you then realize what you do have, you realize how much you can be grateful for and then appreciating that and saying, oh, but I can walk, I can move, I can still, imagine how many people can't do that. Or how many people are born with limitations, but we think are limitations and yet they don't act like it. So focus on what you do have, being able to be grateful and love yourself for what you do have and just move into that. Well, I can walk right now. I can walk today. I can lift little weights overhead. I can watch what I put in my body. Like once you start appreciating what you do have rather than focusing on what you don't have, there's nothing that you can't do. The number one thing that physical therapy school gave me besides my license (laughs) is... You know, I was able to meet people who were born with, again, what we would call limitations, which aren't. A man with cerebral palsy who, 35 years old, lives in a wheelchair and like all his joints and everything are contracted and his motor control doesn't work well, but he lives on his own. And watching him like get down from his wheelchair and put on his shoes and shirt and like it takes a long time. And then watching him pull himself back into his wheelchair, you want to help him, but no, he's good. Like he's got it. And he does everything on his own just to be able to live by himself. And when he got too big to pull himself back into his wheelchair, he started swimming with his therapist. So, I mean, like, what do we have to really complain about? Another young woman, junior rheumatoid arthritis, already six surgeries by the time she was 25 and can barely spread her legs, can barely bend her arms, doing yoga every day, running with her dog. The only limitation is what you put on yourself. And so if you're going to say you can't achieve something, it's because you're saying you can't. But there's no other limitation except what you're already putting on yourself. So just focus on what you do have. Be grateful for what you do have and appreciate and move into that. Preach. <laughs> you have a new program. Is that yeah. right? The, the yeah. Optimal Body. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So the Optimal Body is a way for people to not have to think. Because <laughs> the mobility method, you do have to go in, self-assess your entire body, figure out what exercises would be best for you. I love it because it's more specialized that way and personalized. You can create what your individual body needs. But the Optimal Body is a way for you to be able to say, you know what? I don't want to have to think. I want it to be a little bit more well-rounded. So there's functional HIIT workouts. There's core stability workouts. So I teach you what 
core stability actually means. <laughs> and there's mobility flows for every part of the body. So my whole point in that program is to educate you as much as possible. I don't care if you lose weight, whatever it may be, it's more about what are you learning? Core stability isn't so that you can get a six pack. It's so that you can understand how to actually stabilize and load through the core, which is your axial spine, a lot better and functionally. And what does that actually mean? <laughs> and so my whole point in this program is to provide an immense amount of education from me and I bring in friends as well to teach so that you can learn from other people as well. Josh, that's so valuable. Again, I'm going to emphasize core stability is something that I just learned about and I've been doing, you know, football forever. And yeah. the fact that I just had somebody like nonchalantly tell me like, oh, your core isn't really your abs was yeah. like this revolutionary thing. So <laughs> if you guys want to learn more about Doc Jin's mobility method or her optimal body program, you can find it at docjinfit.com forward slash the optimal body, right? Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the closing questions. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> uh, what goals do you have for yourself now? It could be personal, career. I'm just going to leave it open-ended like that. What goals? The goals is really to, first of all, get more support in terms of the things that I don't really like to do. Like, I don't really like emails. It's kind of like I will find everything else in the world to do besides getting back to emails. <laughs> so if I can get help with the things that I don't want to do so that I can continue to impact the way I do want to, that's one of my immediate goals. And also, you know, just continuing to get on stages and talk to people in terms of the why and not so much the how. Because my programs, you can learn the how from a lot of other people you can learn the how. But it's really, unless you learn the why, it would be important to start implementing some of these tools into your body. You don't understand why you would even start to do it. Mm -hmm. And so my goal is to really get on more stages, get on more podcasts, whatever it may be, and just get people back into the why. Do you feel like we address the why enough here in this I podcast? Do. I do. I do. I hope we do. I hope, okay, good. you know, and if people have more questions, you can reach out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Again, you can find her at Doc Jinfit. Is Instagram your preferred platform? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then last question. What are three takeaways that you've learned over your career, over the pivots that you made from gymnastics to physical therapy, and then from being working kind of as an employee to doing your own entrepreneurial stuff? What are three things that might apply to the audience that you've learned? Mm -hmm. I really learned that the more that I come into myself and just own every part of me and stop worrying about what other people might think or trying to please other people or trying to do something right or wrong or just because of other people. And I do it because I know this is the most authentic me that I can be. And I really appreciate and hone in on that the more that I'm able to actually be there for other people. <laughs> and so like really how I'm talking to myself, like talking positive to myself, loving myself, dropping the negative conversations has helped me to up level in so many aspects in so many ways. And so I really encourage people to get back into in tune with themselves and talking positive and loving themselves and truly loving, not just saying it, but being it. And making sure that if you want other people to support you, see how you can support other people. So continue to surround yourself with other humans that you think are amazing and awesome <laughs> and people that you really admire. Like put yourself in those rooms, go to events, meet people that you think would have like-minded values, go to like, there's so many places to show up in this world now. Like we really have no excuses to connect with amazing humans. You just got to put yourself out there and put yourself in those situations. And lastly, I would say, you know, just 
just continue to follow what it is, your own passion is, your own mission, and don't get caught up in the comparison of what other people are doing, but continue to come back into what is it that I really feel passionate about? What is it that I really want to help and cultivate out into the world? Wow. Jen, you are so well-spoken. You are so motivational. And I hope to see you on more stages because there are people that need to hear your message. I'm continually impressed and I think you're an absolute rock star. So thank you for taking the time. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. If you haven't yet, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps the show out. And um, I love having a new audience. I love hearing what you guys think. And I love having you come back every single week.